You're listening to a Shockcast original. Shock. Hello and welcome to the Podball Sportscast, the podcast that smells what the rock is cooking. Now today we have Stone Cold Nicholas John. Hello, hello. I am Faisal Sina American. The only people who don't see me are women. Karami Kamil is absent today. The Undertaker threw him off hell in a cell and he fell 16 feet through the announcer's table. He's always getting injured, eh? Always, always. Actually, uh, we won't be talking about wrestling today, but football is definitely on the menu. Now, let's start with the uh, EPL. Chelsea are at the top of the standings with a 1-0 win over Brentford. They're one point ahead of Liverpool, who crushed Watford 5-0. Roberto Firmino got a hat-trick and uh, Sadio Mane scored his 100th Premier League goal. But both were overshadowed by another wonder goal from Mo Salah. He's now scored in each of his last eight games for Liverpool. I guess it's clear now, whatever he wants in his new contract, just give him that. Not only that, give him more. I, I absolutely agree. This fellow has been on fire. And we, we've mentioned before how Salah and uh, perhaps Karim Benzema are two of the most informed strikers in Europe at the moment. And and what a time for him to turn on the style, right? You know, just when you're negotiating your contract extension, that's when you hit form. Uh Everything that Salah has done so far this season, on top of what he's already done in in past seasons, uh, would seem to indicate that he deserves whatever it is he's asking for. And I feel that unless he's asking love for some astronomical figure like five hundred, six hundred thousand a week, I, I think Liverpool should do whatever they can to keep him. Yeah, especially with clubs like a Real Madrid waiting on the wings, they were reportedly proposing a swap deal, right? Yeah, because in this day and age, I think, you know, every top player is going to be linked with like a swap deal because finances are tight for all of them. So, yeah, I don't think that they can afford any like outright purchases lest they end up like Barcelona. <laughs> Now, as for uh, new Watford boss Claudio Ranieri, Nick, uh, the result just shows how big a task he has to uh, transform this team. Yeah, I wonder how much he's already regretting taking on the job. Uh, but okay, but, but but then again, you can't say that he didn't know what he was getting himself into like, because it was quite clear uh, how bad a shape Watford were in. Uh, but, but, but I think the real test for Ranieri will be when it comes time for those relegation battles against teams like, you know, your, your Burnleys and your Norwiches and all that. That's where he's really going to earn his money, lah. You know, but but then again, you never know. You know, maybe there won't be any relegation battles for them. Maybe he'll he'll guide them to mid-table mediocrity. That's a possibility as well. Judging by how they played, mid-table mediocrity would be an improvement. Let's get to our favorite club, Manchester United. 4-2 loss to Leicester. They had a Marcus Rashford back for the first time this season, and he scored. But. That was the only good news for them, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, good to see Rashford score. Also, good to see that amazing goal from uh, uh, Mason Greenwood. But yeah, other than that, another subpar performance from United. Uh, Harry Maguire was poor. He was directly responsible for one of Leicester's goals. You wonder if perhaps he was sh- he was rushed back from injury a bit too soon. Nemanja Matic had another poor game. He also was guilty of giving the ball away. 
and, and then, you know, for a team that has Ronaldo and Bruno Fernandes and, and Rashford and Sancho, you, you really, you know, they, they should be doing a lot better than what they did. Um, and yeah, you know, it, it, the 4-2 scoreline, I think, suggests that this was a, a more closely fought encounter than it actually was because I think the reality is that United were lucky not to suffer a, a, an even heavier defeat. It just goes to show that Oli has uh, reached the height of what he can achieve. I mean, they need a new manager to push them forward. Yeah, I know. I think there's nothing about this Oli Gunnar situation that hasn't already been discussed and mentioned at length on this show. And the general consensus among the three of us, you know, is that yeah, he he has not shown any of the qualities that seem to suggest he's the right man for United in the long term, lah. Uh, and and you know what? Interestingly, more and more of the British media are catching on to this as well because I noticed that the BBC and the Guardian, two outlets that previously you know didn't jump on that that Oli out bandwagon they are now questioning if it's time for him to go as well so you, know, you and I know that these are two outlets that are famous for being very factual you know staying away from all the, the hyperbole and the drama so if they are starting to question Ole uh, you know it's bad la. fans are already turning on him um, it's only a matter of time before he completely loses the dressing room uh, when will the board finally get it into the head that uh, he needs to he needs to go uh, okay, here's my theory. La. I think that if Ole can keep United more or less in contention for the top four, they will keep him on until the end of the season and then get rid of him in the summer. But if things get really bad, if they're at risk of missing out in the Champions League places for next season, then they might take a gamble and, and sack him midway through the season and then have maybe Mike Phelan and Michael Carrick serve uh, on an interim basis and do sort of like, you know, damage limitation. But uh, either way, it, it's just a matter of time before he he gets the sack. Mm-hmm. But again, the question is, who will be brought in as, as his full-time replacement? You know, and, and like we've said before, the only reason he still has a job now is because there, there is no suitable candidate to come and replace him. Some of the tabloids were suggesting people like Antonio Conti and Zinedine Zidane. Uh, Conti could be a possibility, but I doubt Zidane would want the job. I mean, it seems that he's eyeing the France job, right? Yeah, and, and, and that is a position that, that's almost tailor-made for him, and, and especially since he's like this, this France legend, you know, after what he did guiding them to the World Cup and all that. So I, I think you can easily rule Zidane out of contention. Conti, uh, that, that's another tricky one. I, I think that he's being mentioned because he's the only big name available at the moment. You know, he, he, he's like how Max Allegri was a couple of seasons ago, the only jobless manager, so obviously his name is linked. Even then, I, I, I don't see Conte being a good fit for United. Let's go to uh, Tottenham. They defeated Newcastle uh, 3-2 with Harry Kane finally scoring in the league. Yeah, good to see him finally scoring his... Uh, first EPL goal of the season. It only took him eight matches. Yeah? Not too long. Hmm. Uh, I think he, more than anyone else, will be the most relieved. Like, you know, especially since there were people starting to say that maybe all that uh, the, the, the failed transfer to Man City over the summer is getting to his head and all that. Uh, but, but also interesting, if I'm not mistaken, this is the first time in a long while that both Kane and Son Heung-min have scored in the same league match. These two used to have an almost telepathic 
connection. You know, when they play together, you're, you're almost guaranteed goals. But then for some reason, that, that partnership kind of went shaky. So it, it's good to see them picking up where they left off. La. Hopefully things improve for them. But for Newcastle, this was a very swift reality check. Uh, just a week ago, they became one of the wealthiest clubs in the world. They were talking about wanting to sign Erling Holland and Neymar and all that. And then now they get brought crashing back down to earth. Um, and, and after this result, I think you know Steve Bruce is, is most definitely a goner. Whatever slim chance he had of holding on to the job before this, after this defeat, yeah, he's gone. You think so? I definitely think so. But the only person who disagrees is uh, Steve Bruce himself. The owners have been very, very respectful. I have to say that, the way they've conducted themselves in the last week or so. In us, I hear different. I'll go to work again tomorrow and prepare for next week. Well, unless he comes in and finds out that uh, Newcastle have already changed his locks. <laughs> Now, in midweek, we have a Champions League action. Liverpool face their first real test in Group B uh, away at Atletico Madrid. Atletico could have an advantage here as uh, they're at home and their weekend La Liga match was postponed. Yeah, definitely an advantage. But either way, th- th- this one sh- should be a real cracker because these are the two teams that are, are most likely to make it out of the group stage. So the, the two, you know, the, the real contenders in the group. Uh, Liverpool have already won their first two matches, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. So Atletico, of course, you know, will not want the, the, the Reds to, to pull too far ahead. So they'll be looking to prevent the third a straight win for Liverpool. And then also don't forget the, the La Liga side have, have Luis Suarez and Antoine Griezmann. Liverpool has, has Mo Salah and Firmino and all that. So I, I really hope to see some goals here and I, and I think we will. Atletico won the last encounter, uh, beating Liverpool 4-2 on aggregate in the last 16. This was back in the 2019-2020 uh, season. Also in the Champions League, holders Chelsea are at home to Malmo. Man City travel to Brugge. Uh, Man United host Atalanta. PSG at home to RB Leipzig. And uh, Real Madrid are away at Shakhtar Donetsk. Finally, we have the Thomas Cup. Malaysia lost 3-0 to Indonesia in the quarterfinals. Uh, we hit our minimum target. But there were a few inconsistent performances here and there. Uh, is that a concern for you, Nick? It's interesting that you mentioned that because uh, our, our national coaching director, Wong Chun Han, actually addressed this very issue. Uh, and, and he says that it is not a cause for concern because players like Lizzie Jia and, and Aaron Chia Sovoyik, um, yeah, they were, they were inconsistent, but it's because they are not the finished item yet. You know, so we have to expect and have to give allowances for there to be some ups and downs as they, they continue to develop their game. And, and I completely agree with, with Chung Han's assessment because I, I know we keep saying that this is a young team and the players need more time and all that, but it's just true. You know, there's no other way. You, you can't expect them to go from, from nobodies to world champions in like one year. You know, this is a process that's going to take many years at least. Also, having said that, you, you mentioned that we hit our, our target of making at least the quarters. That's all well and good, but we also need to make sure that we learn from every tournament and come back stronger from, for, for the next one because there is a danger that we could get lulled into a, a kind of complacency and then we go like, oh, yeah, we, we set a quarterfinal target and we reached the quarters, so duh, you know, we, we hit our KPI already, you know? So mm-hmm. we, we need to keep setting and, and, and hitting higher targets. So maybe the next one we say we want to reach the semis and then we want to reach the final and then we want to go on and just win the tournament. So there always has to be a progression, Hopefully there is. And um, as for the game against Indonesia, at least they fought with honour like Klingons. Kapla! 
That's my nerd coming out. With that, we've come to the end of another Podball Sportscast. I am Faisal Merigan. And I'm Nicholas Jobb. 